Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We're excited to finally get to try to play again on Sunday. and uh, We've had a little bit of a disjointed week, obviously, with practice, but uh, a, a little bit more normalcy you know, the last, you know, yesterday and today and hopefully tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we'll get ready to play Memphis on Sunday afternoon. That's Joe Dooley a little earlier today with the media. Welcome in, everybody. Patrick Johnson Show. And uh, we've got more from Coach in uh, our show here in just a bit. We'll also talk to Cy Seymour, Nikki Novak. So uh, also hear from uh, Cliff Godwin and Conley Coach uh, as they play tomorrow for state championship, uh, Jennifer Gilligan. Uh, but right now we start the show with uh, ECU basketball news and our Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. First question of the uh, day was confirming coach's status for Sunday, which uh, Steve Rockefort will be the acting head coach in that game. Joe Dooley not available because of his uh, positive PCR test for COVID-19. Also, uh, what uh, other personnel may or may not be available. This was Joe Dooley's answer. I'm out. I can tell you that. Uh, uh, hopefully not down and out, just out. Uh, uh, Rock will coach the team on Sunday. He's got the Memphis scouts, so he'll have it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll practice yesterday afternoon. Uh, we'll practice again this afternoon uh, with the, the guys we have out there. And, uh, you know, we'll have a couple guys out. And we'll have, you know, one or two guys back. Joe, are you going to be connected in any way during these practices? Have you been connected during these practices? Will you be at Pre-game, halftime, or are you just going to kind of let Rock handle the game and the staff handle the game? Well, I watch practice. On, I can watch it on YouTube. So I watch practices, and I, I text to the, uh, you know, to the ops guys or those guys. You know, we've, uh, we've activated Derek, so Derek's actually on the court right now. But I text one of those guys to go down there. If you want to redo something or reemphasize something, go back on something, I text them, and we can do it that way. And then, obviously, we talk about after practice, and we've already talked about uh, today's practice. We zoomed a little bit ago about – uh, what we saw against Memphis last night, and uh, we'll, we'll go through practice with Zoom again about 2 o'clock, uh, go through practice with our guys. And I spoke to our guys pre-practice yesterday, so we're trying to keep it as, as normal as possible for them. And then Joe Dooley was asked, uh, was this a uh, – well, he was asked about his thoughts and feelings on all this, but also had he missed any games as a head coach previously? I've never missed a game uh, with the exception of uh, probably when I was an assistant here my first time when I went recruiting. Um, we were bad early, so I would go recruiting, so I didn't have to go to some of the games. And then uh, I'm probably a game or two uh, at New Mexico, the same thing where I, you know, I had to go recruiting. But I, as far as a head coach and assistant, I don't think I've probably missed a game in you know probably 25-plus years. So it, it's different. I mean, it's – Sticking for our guys. When you think about it, you know, if we play Memphis on Sunday, it's three games in 33 days. That'll be our third game in 33 days. So everything's different for everybody. Joe has asked about watching to Sunday's game, not tomorrow's game, Sunday's game, which is set for Memphis at 4 o'clock, 3.30 airtime here on 94.3, the game, uh, having to watch it or maybe even listen to it on radio. It's just different. I mean, it's different watching it on, on you know, on YouTube, you know, you, you, the biggest thing you miss is you miss the interaction with the guys. I mean, you can't be there, you know, the, the, the banter before while guys are stretching the, you know, someone did something good, you're standing on the sideline talking to them. That's been weird this year because, you, you know, even during practice, a lot of times you have to distance yourself, uh, you know, stay at half court or stay towards the sideline, which I don't like. I mean, it is what it is. I'm, I usually like to be right on the baseline or right, you know, in the huddle or those type of deals. So it's been a little bit different, but, um, I haven't experienced it, so I really don't know what to expect. Coach Joe Dooley on our Pirate Report. ECU in Memphis Sunday, and uh, Coach was asked about his concern with the Tigers roster. I think the big thing is our athleticism, length and athleticism, and then, you, you know, we haven't been able to simulate because we haven't been practicing really, you know, the speed of the game. Um, you know, we, we, you know, these have been, since we've come back from Christmas, we've had three disjointed weeks. I mean, totally disjointed weeks, and it's no one's fault. It is, it is. But now, how do you simulate, you know, game speed, uh, you know, and then three times in 33 days, and then you take a lead athleticism, and they're, they're in a little bit of a groove. You know, they've been playing every three or four days, and 
Um, now this is the first time in my coaching career I'd, I'd rather be playing than, than practicing. Usually the coaches want to practice. I mean, we're at the point where these guys need to play and get some rhythm and get some routine down and uh, get some game time. The question uh, about how other teams of the conference have played uh, Jalen Gardner this year. Uh, Jalen has had some issues here the last uh, few times out, and uh, Coach was asked about how uh, the opposition is dealing with Jalen Gardner. I don't think anybody's played him any different than they did a year ago. I mean, I doubt they, you know, he, he's had some at the rim that he missed. He's had some shots that he, he'll make. Um, I just think in, in general, I think we're a little off kilter. I mean, it's been, you know, he had had, you know, he missed a lot of the preseason. He missed about five weeks of the preseason. Where four or five weeks of the preseason with an ankle sprain. Uh, before the South Florida game, uh, he did not practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we didn't practice on Fridays. So, uh, you know, for him to get in a rhythm, he needs some minutes and, and some uh, some reps and also some rhythm with his teammates, and they need to be comfortable playing with him. I don't think it's as much people have drawn up this new uh, cover to, and, you know, well, this is what we'll do, and that's how we'll guard him. I mean, watch, it's been a lot of one-on-one stuff. Now, they do run at him a lot more. You know, they're running a second defender at him, and that's caused him to turn it over a few times, but he'll, he's figured that out. Coach, to follow up on uh, Mark's initial question, player-wise, right now, if, if you were tipping this afternoon, how many – would not be available, or will you not really know that until Sunday? Uh, we've got a pretty good idea. We've got some guys that will definitely be out. We've got some guys in, in contact tracing that will be out. Uh, the, the, hard, the weird part is usually when you factor in uh, game preparation, you, know, you factor in so-and-so has a sprained ankle or you know a, a, a bad hand, so you, you take him out, and then you start throwing in a couple guys with – uh, you, you know, that are, that are out with COVID and, and then the contact tracing, you know, the big thing is just getting guys out. We'll, we'll have a couple guys out. The Pirates are going to have to score against Memphis, who's coming off a blowout win last night over Wichita State. Tigers looked really good. And uh, Coach Dooley was asked about putting the ball in the hole. And uh, Joe acknowledged Pirates are going to have to be better than they have been offensively the last few times out to win. Well, I think the big thing is to get, you know, some of these other guys are getting an opportunity. I mean, some of these guys that we've had, you know, Noah missed a bunch of games, you know, early. We had that little groin injury, and hopefully we'll get him back, and uh, that'll give him an opportunity to, to play again. And uh, I do think that, you know, it, I think the guys will be excited to play. I said to me yesterday, guys, you're playing Memphis on national TV. You should be excited no matter who's there playing or not. I mean, and um, getting the opportunity to do it and, and get a good opportunity to play and it's been frustrating for them, but it's no, it's not their fault. Let's, let's go ahead and move on down the road and get an opportunity to go. Coach Dooley asked about the uh, testing schedule for the basketball team. Now that I'm not testing, I can't give you all the details. Uh, uh, we, we do two different types of ones. Uh, the antigen tests, a lot of, the antigen tests are usually, um, taken and that you get the antigen test back probably within a couple of hours. And we also take the PCRs. PCRs average probably between, if you take it at seven o'clock this morning, sometimes we get them back as early as 10 o'clock at night. Sometimes we get them back the next morning. So sometimes we take both of them in conjunction. Sometimes it's just the PCR. Sometimes it's the PCR and the antigen. Uh, I, I think, I believe what they did, and I didn't ask this morning. I think they were antigen and PCR in this morning, if, I, if I'm correct. And the follow-up was there's a possibility that Sunday's game may not happen. Oh, there's a possibility Monday night might not happen, too. I mean, that we're all, it's just, you know, it's so, it's so fluid. I mean, it's, you know, we went from, you know, August all the way through December with we did great. And then, you know, in a, in a two-week span, um, and, and, you know, you know, I, you know I, I go back and look, and I don't know whether I got it from one of our players or I got it, you know, my son's had some teammates test positive. So you don't know. I mean, there's just there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of this, as we've as we've seen. But um, the, the antigen tests are rapid return. So if we get those back, that usually allows us to practice that afternoon. So that way we know that there wasn't. And then the PCRs, are the, what Dr. Armin describes, is the gold standard of testing. So those usually take a little bit longer uh, to get back. And uh, the way he explained, they're molecular te- molecular tests. So those take a little bit longer to get to get flipped. So, Coach was asked what he thought about the historical significance, and I think I'm saying I'm asking it as it was asked, historical significance of playing during this COVID era, which I don't know how significant it is. Certainly, it's it's pain in the neck, I'd have to imagine, if you're trying to play basketball right now or coach basketball. Uh, this was Joe Dooley's answer to that question. John Rothstein, I guess today I, I read this, and this is something when you really think about the dynamics of this. I think he said that 94% of the teams that are trying to play are still playing during a once-in-a-lifetime 
once in a hundred year pandemic. So I think it's a little bit of a tribute to the medical people and, th- and to the kids. I mean, as this has been miserable for them, as you can imagine, uh, just the uncertainty you know, like it has been for society. So um, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I'm going to try to forget about as much as possible when this thing is over. I'm, I'm not, this, this isn't going to be a good history, history lesson for me. This is, this is going right in, the, right, in the, right in the trash can. Joe, what's the update on, on your status? I know you talked about it a little bit Monday, but still the same symptoms? Have they kind of subsided? Oh, I'm, I'm, I've been fine. I mean, I've had a little bit of a runny nose, but I can't tell whether that was from, you know, walking the dogs or, or being outside. I mean, I, you know, I come in early in my office and do some work in here at my house and then usually do something with the, you know, watch tape and do those deals and lunchtime, take a little walk with my dogs and then get back to it. But I've had a little bit of a runny nose, you know, to date. So, so far, so good, thankfully. Joe Dooley asked about the amount of players that the Pirates can have at minimum to play the game on Sunday. Seven scholarship players and one coach. And Coach Dooley was asked about uh, his concerns over returning to uh, game action or his team returning to game action and the game speed, especially with the athleticism and length that Memphis brings to the table. That, that's the, the hardest thing. And then the other thing, guys, you know, uh, you know, we talk about this all the time with our staff and, and everything else. We say, okay, well, let's make these games up. If you watch the NBA right now, they're already complaining about their guys because here's what happens is you're you're used to playing 12 minutes a game and then back-to-back nights you have to play 35, so you get hurt. And uh, I think this return to action and the speed is different. And then we'll go from playing three games in 33 days to playing Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. So that's a different dynamic. Now, usually, you know, you have a usual practice pattern. One of those days will be a walkthrough. Now you're wondering, can these guys recover quick enough? Do you have to give them off a day? You know, give them off Monday, give them off Thursday, which usually would be light practices and preparation. And the flip side of it is saying, well, we really haven't been practicing. We need to have practice time. And then you worry about getting guys hurt, uh, which is always a concern, but probably even more so this year. Great stuff from Joe Dooley there, uh, our pirate report with uh, Joe Dooley. Another note from ECU Athletics from earlier, the American Athletic Conference announcing that the home women's basketball game against 14th-ranked USF which was originally scheduled to take place tomorrow at Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum, has been postponed due to COVID-19-related issues with the Bulls program. Uh, game has not been rescheduled as of yet. Right now, ECU women, well, women's basketball, set to return to action Wednesday when they face off against UCF in Orlando. That is a 5 p.m. Uh, tip, but no women's basketball game on Saturday. So it was announced yesterday that uh, ECU Baseball and other sports that will be playing in the spring, softball, women's lacrosse, volleyball, et cetera, would only be allowing family members of the players and coaches to uh, watch the game. That's at least how the season's going to start. We'll see how long that will last. That's a state mandate according to what was released by John Gilbert. Earlier today on Talk of the Town on WTIB, Cliff Godwin was a guest of uh, Henry Hinton and Trent McGee's, and uh, he did uh, Coach Godwin talk about uh, that, well, just really Pirate Nation in Moss not being able to get in to Clark LeClaire Stadium when the season begins. Our guys and us, we're glad to play baseball. That's what we care about. Of course, we care about the fans, but, man, having the season ripped away from us last year, the guys are just chomping at the bit to play somebody besides themselves. I'm sure. I'm sure. But, you know, it. it's just an unbelievable experience in Greenville, it's one of the great things about living here is ECU baseball and uh, the atmosphere and getting out there in the jungle. People people live for that. Tailgating, grilling oh, it's, out. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Great to have uh, Cliff Godwin on this morning. We had uh, Coach on beginning of the week. If you want to relive that, you could go to our podcast page on 94.3thegame.com and just click on the Patrick Johnson Show podcast. All right, that is today's Pirate Report. And we will have more with Cy Seymour. His thoughts on tomorrow's matchup next. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game.
back to the P-Man. And that's powerful, sir. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Coming up at 4 o'clock on Sunday here on 94.3 The Game and across the uh, Pirate Sports Radio Network from Learfield IMG College. It's a mouthful. Uh, it'll be ECU in Memphis, 3.30 airtime, 4 o'clock tip, Cy Seymour. Let's welcome him back to the uh, big program here today. We spare no expense, Cy, on the sound effects here on the show. I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. That's great. I ca- all right, uh, great to have Cy with us. Uh, Cy, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the challenges here. Coach Rock is fantastic. Steve Rockefort is a great talent evaluator. He's a veteran guy, a heck of a human being, uh, great storyteller, and, I, and I'll, he'll do a fine job Sunday. But I just have to imagine, I, I'm picturing Joe Dooley sitting in his office at home right now, pulling his hair out on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> well, can you imagine anyone worse uh, sitting home with COVID than Joe Dooley oh. in January, and he's, he's the basketball coach? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he loves it. He, he's, he's great. And this has got to be driving him completely nuts. I feel so sorry for him to have to go through this whole mess. But if you're going to have a guy to come in and do the job to help you, Rock, Rock, just, uh, he, he, you can't get a better one to, to help you during this time. He's a, he's a heck of a basketball man, understands the game, good personality, good to people. He's, he's the right guy. He'll, he'll do a tremendous job. But Joe Dooley's right now miserable that he can't be involved in his team's process, I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, Cy, uh, what are the challenges of – And I mean, Steve Rockefort knows everything that Joe Dooley wants to run. He'll know that scouting report and the objection objectives uh, as well as anybody. Uh, but, there, I mean, there's, you know, there's going to be difference in communication. Coach Rock's going to be the head coach with the mask on. You know, I'm sure he'll pull it down to, to give instructions and, and so the players can understand him. But I, I, and these seem like minor things, but, I, you know, I just don't think average fans think about these sort of things. The communication, and I mean, it's already kind of difficult enough, even though the arenas aren't packed. Uh, but still, you get what I'm saying. I mean, there, there's, that's, a, that's a little, that's a minor obstacle, but it could be a big deal. Well, it's, it, you know, roles have been changed, and that's a big role change for everybody. And so he's got to step up, be the head coach. He, and, it's, and you know this, it's another set of eyes that aren't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when Rock's looking at things during a game that Joe's not looking at, because Joe's dealing with this, you know, well, all of a sudden, Rock's got his eyes on this. Now the other two guys have to step up and do different roles. Everybody's role changes when when uh, when one is out, especially when there are only four. It's not, you know, the numbers uh, in basketball are, are a lot smaller, but you got less court. You're going to be looking, but it's still difficult when roles change. And, and the, the fortunate thing is you've got a guy uh, that's been in the head coaching job shoes and understands that. That helps you. But I'll tell you, they're playing a team that you're probably playing them at the wrong time. Memphis is playing well right now. Yeah, uh, we'll get into the Tigers in just a little bit. ECU was uh, a little bit on the struggle bus as far as uh, its offensive execution, and you could just see not really in sync in the last few games they've played because uh, there's just there, it's not like they've been practicing a whole lot. I mean, there were disruptions in the practice; not everybody was available. So there's a there were a bunch of, of, of factors the last three weeks that kept this team from really uh, getting into any kind of rhythm, and here we are. Um, just a couple days into resuming basketball activities, in a way, it's kind of good. I think the game's Sunday because it does give a little extra day for this team to kind of get back in sync. But that, that to me, seems, from a playing standpoint, uh, to be the biggest challenge is, is the timing, but also, you know, the, the, the finesse and timing you need to shoot the basketball. No doubt about it. And, and listen, their workouts did not start as a team until Wednesday. This week, so mm-hmm. you've got a game Sunday. Your workout, everything else has been individual workouts. And Wednesday, you got together as a team for the first time. And 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 I'll have to tell you, I'm not sure if everybody's back. I have no idea yet who's available. Is you know, I'm, I'm thinking it's Faircon back. Is he is his foot well? Uh, you know, are different kids? You know, is Tristan Newton clear, or, or has somebody else got COVID? 
or is somebody else's ankle hurt? We don't know a thing. And, and listen, that's what we're going through this year. Every team, every team. I'm not just talking about ECU. It's day to day. You know, to walk in tomorrow and change. So, so bless these guys, these athletic directors and coaches and everybody dealing with this because you just don't know day to day. Shoot, we don't know if Memphis calls tomorrow. You know, that, that's, that's my point. It's, it's, it's a really tough situation for everybody involved. And right now, East Carolina happens to be right in the thick of it in the worst way with Joe Dooley out. But it, it could change tomorrow and be someone else. It's just that kind of activity that's going on right now. Everything seemed to click for Memphis uh, in what is being dubbed kind of their most complete game of the season. They blow out Wichita State in a route 72-52 last night. Uh, so uh, right now, Penny Hardaway's Tigers, who uh, got off to a slow start, uh, might be starting to get their act together. Uh, certainly, Penny Hardaway has brought uh, some sizzle and some excitement to the uh, Tigers program. You, all-time legend, great, uh, I guess, uh, prep and AAU coach in that area before taking the uh, before taking the uh, gig. So. You've got a seven and five team, three and two in the league coming in. They were up big in the first half. Wichita State had been playing uh, fairly well here up until recently, uh, but the Tigers looked good the other night, Sai. Listen, they held a good team. Wichita State, you're right; they're playing well. Wichita State, you know, right now they're four and two and second in the league. But uh, Memphis may be the best half court man to man defense in the league. They held. Uh, Wichita State, twenty nine percent shooting last night. Now the problem is Gracious. on the other end. Excuse me, what I say? No, I, I just I, I was reacting to your number. Yeah, twenty nine percent. Yeah, that. listen, <laughs> exactly. And listen, this is a good Wichita State team. Yeah, you know, Etienne and 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 uh, the guards they have good play. Well, listen to this. So now you get that, and then Memphis shoots sixty one percent from three, and it's it's a runaway. This team was picked. Memphis was picked second in the league behind Houston and supposed to have the great year. And they have the tools, Patrick. And if these tools get right, they can be a danger to anybody in the country. They are very talented. Their biggest problem has been at the point guard. Last night, they brought in Lomax, and he had a really good night, shot it well, and controlled the team. They've been playing with really two and three guards instead of point guards. They brought in Lomax, and he did a job. This was – this was a scary bunch in the second half last night. And, uh, uh, you better bring it. And, and I'm telling you, the kid that they, they have, Nolly, that was at Landers Nolly mm-hmm. from uh, Virginia mm-hmm. Tech, mm-hmm. he's as good a player in the, is, that's in this conference. So uh, he averaged 16 at Virginia Tech. He comes over here, same kind of game, to go with Cissé, who's supposed to be a one-and-done 6'11 center, to go along with all the other players in that program. This could be a, this could be a really tough one on Sunday. And you better bring your A game. Lusa Cisse, yeah, he had a huge game last night. Uh, Penny Hardaway called it a long time coming. Uh, yes. Scary. Uh, sc- I mean, that, that, that to me is how I would qualify Memphis right now, scary. Uh, you know, it's funny that you said that, Patrick. I wrote to a, a, a friend of mine uh, at, in the first five minutes of the second half, I said, Memphis is scary. That's exactly yeah. what I wrote. Yeah. And and they are. They are talented. They are long. They are deep. And they and that right now they're playing with confidence. Well, uh, look at the standings. Houston seven and one atop the league, twelve and one overall. You mentioned Wichita State coming off the loss last night, uh, four and two and second in the league. Then you got Tulsa, five and three, uh, SMU, Memphis, both three and two. South Florida, who had to cease basketball activities because of COVID, three and three. Temple at two and three. The Pirates behind them, and then uh, Tulane, UCF, and Cincinnati. Boy, it's funny to see UCF and Cincinnati at the bottom of the standings. I'm not going to profess I know exactly what's going on in the Queen City with the Bearcats. I've seen a few UCF games this year. They played Memphis tough on national television back around the holidays. It seems to me, Cy, that uh, for Johnny Dawkins team, they've been kind of on the tough luck side of things, but that kind of happens in some years. Uh, when you look at the league standings, other than maybe those two at the bottom, uh, and again, you know, that that down years for them, but it's just funny to see those two teams down, especially Cincinnati, that, that low in the standings. Uh, but when you look at that, how's this playing out here as we, you know, kind of hit 
the end of January and then kind of the dog days of, of February? You know, I look at it and I say, COVID's got a lot to do with this year. I, I just do. I, I mean, think about UCF. You know, they beat they beat they beat uh, Florida State. Yeah, they beat Florida, Florida State. State. And Florida State's been they beat unreal. Auburn. Yeah, they, they beat Auburn. They beat Florida State. Lost to Michigan. That's their three first games. They're two and one at that time. Now they're in the league. They're one and four. They're one and four. Wow. And so when you look at that, Cincinnati it will be good. This is just one of those. I'm telling you, I think COVID's got a lot to do with all of it. I think uh, all of these programs. If you Houston is the exception, they they he he has done, Samson's done such a great job there. They just keep right on rolling. But the other some of the losses for these other teams and some of the wins for some of these teams could be COVID related. Temple, you never you don't know where they are. We don't know where we are right now yeah. with COVID. I'm telling you, these no one knows where they are or how they're going to end up. But I do think uh, UCF, Cincinnati. Uh, they could move up. It's just it's just one of those crazy days. But uh, of all of the teams that have surprised me, Tulsa has been the surprise. I did not see them being this high up. Give them credit. Frank Hayes done a great job with his ball club. Don't count out SMU. They're very, very good. Uh, and I think they will make a run. I'm, the one that I would say would be tenuous to me would be Wichita State. I think they've done a great job. But if you look at who's at the top right now that I think may fall a little bit, it could be Wichita State, but for the Pirates, uh, I think you got to get Joe back. You got to get healthy, and we'll see what happens. But it, this year is, is a year that I, if, if I'm an AD, if I'm a, if I'm a coach, you, you got to wipe this off. This is not something that we're going to have to deal with all the time. You got to get through it. That's all we're doing now. Jody Jones and I were talking about it. There have been over twenty games that have been postponed already this year. Yeah, uh, in, in our league, in, in the American. And and uh, ECU's at four. There are other teams with four. It's not like we're unusual. That it's just when did it hit you right. that you get the you know. So it's just it's two. And then now you got now you're backed up with games, trying to figure out what you're going to do. Jeez, it's a mess. And so just be patient and be flexible and be supportive of your programs right now because yeah. there's no there's no uh, no answers that are really good. Yeah. Uh- Tulsa, by the way, uh, number eight Houston hammered them uh, midweek. The yeah. Tulane Tulsa game that was set for tomorrow. It was announced uh, yesterday, postponed. So you're right. COVID has uh, has been a big problem, uh, and uh, it has uh, cost uh, the American uh, some games, and uh, possibly will uh, well, most not even possibly, certainly will cost them uh, more in the uh, coming uh, weeks. There's an article, Cy, in the uh, North State Journal in their online edition. Uh, our pal Sean Crest wrote it. He kind of went through the entire um, state of North Carolina, all the, all the D1 men's basketball teams. And this followed uh, Duke's loss at Pittsburgh on Tuesday, I believe. And you look at it, uh, he wrote about the possibility that no team from the state of North Carolina could make the NCAA tournament this year. And I, and I thought, well, this is just a sensational headline. But then, uh, you know, he lays out the records. I mean, you know, he has ECU in there at seven and three. He says that the Pirates are, you know, not favored in uh, fourteen of their remaining sixteen games, according to some projections that he. Uh, well, that would be right. Yeah, yeah. he he mm-hmm. he uh, referenced. But I mean, I, I, I'm looking at this list. You think about it. You only have you know Duke, UNC, Wake State out of the ACC. But Davidson, who's who's always great. Uh, Charlotte's a five hundred team. App State's got ten wins, but you know they probably have to win. Uh, they're probably going to have to win the Sun Belt in order to to get in because that's that's a that's the one, one bid, big yeah, league the generally, one league. yeah. And so uh, you know, I, even the uh, HBCUs, I mean, they they're going to have to. So I mean, that's that just would we see that? Could we see that side? I mean, think. Of, I mean, all yeah. the basketball teams we've got in this in this state, and we might not have one in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's right now. I'd say that's possible as we sit here. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's probable, uh, but it's possible. But I think what's going to happen is you're going to see the emergence of some of these things. But I don't think they'll be high seed. And the Big Ten, if you hadn't had a chance to watch the Ooh, Big Ten, gracious. they are loaded. Yeah, yeah, they are really loaded. It's fun to watch them. Mike Nettie, of course, is at Ohio State, and 
and so I'll watch and we'll text each other about the game and and they're and and look they're fighting every night. I mean it's a it's a, it's just a great league and 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 I think when you look at the emergence of the of course you've got the Big East it's going to be good. I'm, I'm not sure you know we're talking about the ACC getting eight teams in and ten teams in. No, no I don't I don't see it. I, no. I don't see it. So you better be pushing hard right now. Uh, ECU, they're right that we should not be favored in the 14. It is, but are you even going to get them in? That's the high when it gets backed up, backed up, backed up. Right. How are you going to get these yeah. things in? I yeah. just don't see it. And so, uh, yeah, it's a mixed up year. That's a great article. And it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. All right, Cy, uh, Pirates back tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Or excuse me, Pirates back Sunday. Again, the game's at 4, 3.30 airtime here on 94.3, the game. Uh, and up and down the uh, network, uh, Cy will be on the call. Cy, give me a, an idea as a keys to the game on Sunday. I think the keys to the game, you've got to protect the ball against that with Memphis. The other part is you're going to have to get to the glass. He's been weak on the offensive and defensive glass. You've got, you, you got to have to hold your own in there. And ECU small. CSA's rough. And this is a physical athletic team inside in Memphis. I think you – you're going to have to shoot the ball well. If you're open and you've got the shot, you're going to have to knock them down. Uh, it's going to, and, and I think this is how good I think Memphis is playing right now. You're going to have to have help from Memphis. They, if they come in the way they played in the second half <clears throat> the other night, right. then ECU is going to struggle. But if you got to like the way Tremont's playing. Uh, he's playing much better at the point. You get Tristan back. If we're healthy, and that's a doubt. I, who knows? Then you've got a shot, but all things have to go right. No turnovers. You got to control the glass, not control it, but at least be even with them on the glass. We will play good defense. Joe's teams play good defense, yeah, and you can beat them in transition. You can beat them in transition. That's one of the weaknesses of, of don't let them get set up in there and half court man. Beat them down the floor. Cy Seymour, always great to talk to you, Cy. Enjoy it, Patrick. You have a good day. There he is, Cy Seymour. Uh, okay, uh, again, ECU basketball, 4 o'clock Sunday, right here, 94.3, the game. The uh, pregame show begins at 3.30. Lots happening uh, today beyond uh, ECU, beyond the Pirate Nation. Everything encapsulated right now. Here's Ben with an update. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. We have a busy weekend of college hoops. It all starts tonight at 6. Zap State hosts Georgia State. The Mountaineers for the underdogs by four points. At 7, 7th rank, Michigan travels to Purdue. The Wolverines are favored by four points. Charlotte takes on Florida Atlantic. Then 49ers for the underdogs on the road by only a point. Tomorrow, we have some highly anticipated matchups and a packed day for college hoops. At 2 o'clock, the 9 and 5 Tar Heels look to even the scores. They host the 6 and 4 NC State Wolfpack. At 4, 5 and 4 Duke. Will have a tough task at hand as they'll look to break a two game losing streak as they travel to 9 3 Louisville. And at 6, Wake Forest will look for their first conference win as they host 8 2 Pitt, who's on a three game winning streak. All the action leads up to the return of Pirate basketball, basketball as they look to break a two game losing streak and host Memphis at 4 o'clock. Earlier today, it was revealed that Joe Dilley would not coach that game and that Steve Rockefeller Wack is the head coach. Meanwhile, easily the biggest news of the day is the death of Baseball Hall of Famer and the true home run king, Hank Aaron. The Atlanta Braves revealed in a press release that Aaron passed away peacefully at the age of 86 in his sleep. Hammer and Hank broke Babe Ruth's career record for home runs. It was the longtime re- leader in home runs of 755 until it was broken by Barry Bonds. From the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes said he's cleared concussion protocol and has been cleared to play in the AFC Championship game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers receiver Antonio Brown has been ruled out for the NFC title game due to a knee injury. Steelers tight end Vance McDonald's retired at the age of 30, saving the Steelers $5.2 million against the cap. And in a surprise twist, the Washington football team has hired 49ers executive Martin Mayhew as their new GM and not Marty Herney. Recent reports have revealed that Herney will still be a high-ranking official at Washington's front office. From the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers have traded 2019 first-round pick Kevin Porter Jr. to the Houston Rockets for a heavily protected future second-round pick. And the Brooklyn Nets have ruled out star forward Kevin Durant for tonight's game at Cleveland for an Achilles injury rehab. And wrapping up from the NBA, we have the return of the notorious Conor McGregor tomorrow night on pay-per-view as he rematches seventh-ring lightweight Dustin Poirier and opponent McGregor previously TKO'd in the first round back in 2014. The current odds have McGregor as a 325 betting favorite and Poirier as a 250 underdog. 
Here at 94th of the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barham. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. D.H. Conley will go for a third volleyball championship in their school's history as they will play uh, up in Cary on Sunday. Uh, We will not have any kind of coverage of the game on our Facebook feed or radio. Uh, NFHS Network owns the rights to that. I'll be actually calling uh, all four matches alongside Paul McDonald this weekend from uh, Cary Green Level High School. Uh, the Conley game being played not at 1, but at 6 o'clock. Please note that because uh, that was originally a 1 o'clock, uh, a one o'clock uh, beginning to that match, but it's been moved to 6. It was moved to accommodate a player, uh, actually two, but one specific player who are Seventh-day Adventists on the Cox Mill roster. There were, as I mentioned, two who practiced that religion. And uh, the, as you know, that is a sundown Friday to a sundown Sunday or excuse me, Saturday, uh, religious practice. And so the apparently it was appealed before. The High School Athletic Association uh, granted that appeal. Uh, from what I understand, at least at the level of Coach Gilligan, uh, the great Conley coach, there was not a whole lot uh, run by her on that. Uh, she sort of found that out, uh, you know, after, after the – appeal was granted by the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. There were a couple Conley players that did not play uh, the other day against Rose because of contact issues, contact tracing issues with COVID. Uh, Apparently, Saturday is the final day of their quarantine. The game starts at 6. Their quarantine officially ends at midnight. And the High School Athletic Association, uh, according to uh, Sources did not uh, hear the appeal. In other words, would not let the two players for Conley uh, even be in the gym uh, because of uh, COVID-19. So that has ruffled a few feathers on the Vikings side of things. Uh, As for the match, Cox Mill and Conley, uh, this is uh, what uh, Coach Gilligan at D.H. Conley had to say about uh, some of the key players on the Conley team that are going to have to come through in a big way for the Vikings to take the 3A state championship. Our two middle hitters, uh, Sarah D, who's a senior, and Ella Philpott, who's a junior, they have been consistently strong at the net for us, both hitting as well as blocking all season. Number 24, Maddie May, who's a junior. Maddie plays all the way around for us. You will watch us for probably less than five minutes and understand how awesome of a player she is. She's just a dynamic player. She don't let balls hit the floor when she's on that back row, and She's a strong hitter for us as well. Coach Jennifer Gilligan, the Conley volleyball coach, says that uh, this group of Vikings has been very resilient all season long. I will say that our team has been really resilient. We have had numerous lineup checks. We've put kids in positions. I mean, it's not typical you have a freshman that steps out on the court in the state championship, but we've had kids that have risen to the challenge and, and have embraced it. So I feel like our team has faced challenges all season. And Coach talked about the big win they had over their rival Rose in the 3A Eastern Championship. You know, the biggest focus going into the match was to, to keep emotions in check and keep, keep control over the court, and I think our kids executed that well. Um, you know, they play on the same teams in their club seasons, like right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they know our tendencies as well as we know theirs. Their coach knows our players Um because she coaches or is part of the club with them. Um, so I felt like it was just, I felt like we had control of the match in that set we lost. We should have won it. We got a little out of sync, out of system um, because of serve receive. But I was really happy to see our kids stay focused on the goal. And now that goal is a state championship. Again, Conley and Cox Mill, the game will be played at 6 o'clock tomorrow in Cary. 
And the NFHS Network, NFHS.com, will have the broadcast of that for you as they're the rights holder for the uh, High School Athletic Association Volleyball State Championships. We're looking forward to it tomorrow. Best of luck against uh, Cox Mill for the D.H. Conley Vikings. Nikki Novak, when we return, stay with us. Every Monday during the NFL season, get the latest on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. Fire threatens everything in its path. When it threatens our nation and our communities, we respond. We bring the fight to the front line. The Army National Guard stands ready to face the dangers of Mother Nature and protect our homes and our neighbors. We will always be there when your community needs us the most. Discover more about all the ways you can serve part-time in your community by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the North Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters and this station. Many area drivers recognize Phelps Chevrolet as the best place to purchase a new vehicle. Here's why we're also a great place to buy a pre-owned vehicle. Just about every day we take late model, low mileage vehicles in trade. We keep the best ones and send away the ones that aren't so great for someone else to sell. That's why Phelps pre-owned come with a lifetime warranty. Coverage on the engine and drivetrain for as long as you own it. Phelps Chevrolet. Great vehicles and great coverage. It's an interesting time for employers of both large and small businesses. Roebuck Staffing of Greenville and New Bern is open and can help your business no matter where you are in Eastern Carolina. Will Roebuck and his staff are committed to fulfilling your staffing needs in these abnormal times. They can handle your staffing needs for construction, manufacturing, janitorial, and clerical. They also do temporary to permanent and direct hiring. Call Roebuck Staffing at 252-364-8700 or find them online at roebuckstaffing.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Okay, welcome back. Uh, If you ever miss an edition, go online. The pod drops usually in the evenings. Shortly after the show, 943thegame.com. Brand new website. Check it out. Also, wherever you download your favorite podcasts, usually available. Nikki Novak Fandango joins us here. All right, uh, Nikki. Was that a new round of applause? Was that a new? No. Um, no. Mm-mm. Wow, it really seemed like there was an extra verb in it today. <laughs> I don't know. Well, everybody's very excited to have you on. <laughs> okay, um, I want to run through uh, these here. Um, I, full disclosure, I have not had time this week to watch the second Tiger. We finally oh got around to the first one last weekend. Uh, looking forward to the second one. I'll say this, uh, you know, boy, that Earl Woods. Uh, Tiger kind of following in his footsteps. I'll just say that in some ways. Yeah, Anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. interesting. And it's hard to escape that that kind of cycle, I think. Yeah, I see myself doing things that my dad does, but I swear I would never do. Right, when you were a kid, you weren't going to do that. No, I, I, I feel no, you. Yeah. yeah, am I ever doing yeah. it? Am I ever doing it? But guess what? Hmm. You don't. You didn't watch Tiger, but there's a movie out this week called The White Tiger. What a segue! <laughs> Uh, it is on uh, the Netflix, which I understand is real popular with the young people uh, and the old people, for that matter. All right, uh, The White Tiger, Nikki Novak from Fandango, tell us about it. And it has nothing to do with Tiger King, but I swear people are going to see that title on Netflix, you know, scrolling through what to watch this weekend, and they're going to watch it because of the name. Yeah, <laughs> but probably. But they see it. So, look, this is based on a New York Times bestselling novel. I think it was a bestseller for, like, a couple of years back in, like, 2009. So people who know that book have been waiting for this to come out, and it's kind of like a little bit of a darker version of a slumdog millionaire story. It's um, stars Priyanka Chopra. Ava, Ava DuVernay also um, executive produced it with Priyanka. And it's basically the story of this guy. He's played by this actor named Adarsh Garav, who I think should be nominated for an Academy Award. He's so good in this. He's in every scene and he plays this guy. He grows up in a really uh, rural town outside of New Delhi in India. And basically his whole life is set out for him. You're poor and that's it. You're not going to have anything else. And somehow he finagles his way into becoming a chauffeur for this really wealthy family. 
and he sort of becomes close with them and then something really bad happens and they make him the fall guy and he deals with it in a way that is like kind of the only way he knows how to deal with it but it's really um kind of like one of those like riveting stories about like you know can you escape your destiny kind of thing can you not do what your dad does right I'm not I don't mean to get all dark and political here, but the caste system boy, what a boy, oof, that's something. And it just it's crazy when people yeah. say, Oh, it's it's the same thing here in the US when it's the furthest thing on uh earth from that. And Yeah, uh, no, exactly. Yeah. And that's what this movie does a really good job and I, I didn't read the book, but I I want to read the book now, but I the movie does a really good job of showing that when he makes decisions a lot of them are based out of desperation and he's not even looked at like he works for these people for a couple of years and he kind of thinks he's family in some way, but then all of a sudden they'll just discard him or just treat him like utter crap. And so he takes matters into his own hands and he decides he's going to be an entrepreneur and he's going to rebel against the system. And it's, it's pretty wild, but yeah, there's, it's, it's a lot darker, I think, than Slumdog Millionaire. But there's a, so there's a joke about Slumdog in the movie and this doesn't spoil it for me by me saying this, mm -hmm. but, um, he basically, the main character is like, yeah, that thing about winning a game show, like, it doesn't exist in our world. Wow. Like, that's just a, a pipe dream kind of thing. I'm always, um, I'm always fascinated. Anyway. I'm always fascinated. It have been as a kid when other shows reference other shows. Uh, yeah, because and, it's almost like saying, "Look, that that was that was a movie that everybody now thinks that that can happen, but it doesn't really happen in our world." Right, to right. show even more how it doesn't, and well, it's not. They're not disparaging the movie in any way. They're just saying that was like a fantasy compared to the reality that we live in. So yeah, it's um, but it's a great movie. It's really good. Priyanka is great in it. Um, I guess there's a lot of big Bollywood actors in it that I'm not like I don't know um them from American films, but this young actor, he's so good it's like one of those breakout performances where he doesn't even have a ton of imdb credits and people are like mm. you know I, I wrote netflix right after they sent it to me and i just said who's this guy and they're like yeah help us get the word out he's great right so yeah. i'm like yeah please push him for award season you know you know i love new talent i love it when it's not just like the same old same old gotcha all right let me give you uh let's give you a couple other movies we'll get through them uh here uh our friend is uh, a movie that is uh, out, and uh, it's uh, it's got quite a quite a young cast in it. Yeah, this is a great cast. So it's Dakota Johnson from the Fifty Shades movie. She's of course um, the daughter of Melanie Griffith um, and Don Johnson, and she is um, fantastic in it. And Casey Affleck, who won the Academy Award for Best Actor a couple years ago for Manchester by the Sea, if you remember that, brother of Ben Affleck. And um, Jason Siegel, who, you know, he kind of was like this hot comedic actor for a while, you know, he did Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and then you for, sort of forgot about him, right? Um, but he's kind of back in a big way in this role. But mm. look, when I say the premise of it, you'll probably think it's super depressing, and it is a little sad. It's, it's this guy who is, a, who is a, a war correspondent, real life story, who wrote an essay about his wife, you know, dying of cancer in her 30s. But it's really, it's called Our Friend, because it's about the best friend who's played by Jason Siegel, his best friend who just decides to move in with them and give up his whole life and move out of his home and give up his girlfriend because he lives far away and help them for like two years um, while they're going through this struggle. But it kind of flashes forward and flashes back. And you know the writing's on the wall, so you know what's going to happen. So it's not like a huge surprise. Right, right. But I was, like, I was actually really blown away by this movie. I think Casey Affleck, once again, should be in the Academy Awards uh, mm. mix. He's so good. He's so ridiculously talented like you know there's some actors that give these performances that are like big and they're like like i always say leonardo dicaprio i love him but he performs where i think casey affleck i like how like subtle he is he's very real like you really believe he's going through it um he doesn't have that big sort of uh presence that even his brother probably has on screen so yeah, it's it was surprisingly good, and it's really about friendship and love. It really has a, a more happy message, I think, a warm message than sad. But yeah, it is. I did cry in mo in a moment. <laughs> All right, uh, the Kid Detective is another movie uh, that's uh, available now. The Kid Detective. Yeah, Adam Brody from the OC is all grown up, although this movie's called The Kid Detective, and actually he kind of doesn't age. Like, I don't know what it is with Adam Brody. He might be a vampire, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> he really looks the same as when he was on the OC. Uh, and this 
this movie's been kicking around for a while. It finally got made after 10 years, but it's mm. kind of like a, you know, it's like a throwback to the, like the film noirs where it's kind of a dark comedy. And it's about this guy who was like 13 years old and he was a child prodigy um, detective. He had a little detective agency in a small town. And then his assistant at the age of 13 goes missing and he never solves what happens to her. And so at the age of 31, He's kind of like, all right, every, I've become like a town joke. Like I was this child prodigy and now I'm kind of like a joke in my, just like I never really amounted into anything. And then this girl says my boyfriend was murdered, this young teen girl um, in their local school and I need you to help me solve it because the police haven't solved it yet. And he goes on this big journey. But I will say this movie has twists and turns. Like I watched so many movies that I find so many movies predictable because a lot of them follow the same kind of beats, you know? I had no idea the twist at the end of this movie. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. I had no idea it was coming. It was so good. It was like, oh, what? Are you kidding? Um, so actually, even though like so, these three movies this week are not like the big blockbuster, you know, they're all really good in a very in very different ways. Yeah. I was really surprised. Well, it's kind really of it's kind of that surprised. time of year, uh, if you will. So yeah, I yeah, I kind of didn't. You know, sometimes January releases, you go, mm, I don't expect them to be good. It's known in our industry to kind of be the dumping ground of when they dump like not so good movies. So I was really surprised at how good these actually were. But they're also, you know, it's also award season time too. So yeah, that's, you're yeah. gonna get yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, the great Nikki Novak. Great to talk to you, Nikki. Thank you. You too. Have a great weekend. We will certainly uh, try to do that. Thanks to Nikki Novak for taking a few minutes uh, with us here today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Also, thanks to Cy Seymour. And uh, don't forget, uh, Conley tomorrow in the Volleyball State Championships. That will be uh, at 6 o'clock. I'll be on the call on the NFHS Network. That is a pay-per-view service, but they are the rights holder with the uh, North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Conley and Cox Mill, a 6 p.m. game tomorrow. Best of luck to Coach and the rest of the Vikings as they go for a third volleyball state championship in their uh, school's history. ECU basketball will be uh, on the air, at least that's the plan now, uh, Sunday right here on 94.3 The Game at 4 o'clock, 3.30 airtime. You can uh, tune into the Pirates and the Tigers. Also, thanks uh, today to Ben Byram. Great job as always, and we will talk with you Uh, On Monday, special edition of the show, it's Pirate Baseball Media Day. So uh, Coach Godwin and the assistant coaches, Monday. Have a great weekend.